we partnered up with a group and we closed on an apartment deal in Indianapolis. And uh, we're really excited about it. So we're going to share about that. Essentially, that's why we paused uh, recording episodes of the show, because we were all hands on deck. We got to get this deal closed. And once we closed it, we were like, okay, thank goodness. And then just got to catch up with life. And here we are a month later, and we're finally sitting down to record. Welcome to Screw the Stock Market. On this show, we discuss a variety of alternative asset classes, tools to help you unleash your money, a success mindset, and inspiration to see what's possible when we do things differently. Hi there. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. You know, we work really hard to create a lot of content that is educational and informative. And we also want to be the best listeners out there. We want to understand what you are interested in, what kind of investor you are, what your objectives are. And so we've created a survey at screwthestockmarket.com slash survey. And there you'll be able to take the quick survey and we'll be in listening. And that'll help us be able to create better content and we can engage more about how we can help you achieve your goals. So again, screwthestockmarket.com slash survey. Welcome everyone to another episode of Screw the Stock Market. This is a timeout episode and we're back. We've been on hiatus for... I think it's three months. We we put a pause in September, and here we are in December now. And we're sorry that we've been quiet, but we've been busy. We yeah, got... it's it's not really a high it is. We've been working. <laughs> yeah, it's really just the need to prioritize, right? And so we got some news and some milestones that we hit. So we're really excited to share that we partnered up with a group and we closed on an apartment deal in Indianapolis. And uh, we're really excited about it. So we're going to share about that. Essentially, that's why we paused uh, recording episodes of the show, because we were all hands on deck. We got to get this deal closed. And once we closed it, we were like, okay, thank goodness. And then just got to catch up with life. And here we are a month later, and we're finally sitting down to record. So what do you want to say about the deal? It was stressful. <laughs> so for those of you who think that this stuff is easy, it's simple, it's you just find some property, you put in, you put down some money, you're good to go. No, it's, this is, it actually is work. Unless you're the pass, on the passive investor side of things, at which point you are just literally just, you put your money down and you just cr cruise and just let things play out. But on our side, where we're the active investors, it is a lot of work. <laughs> First, we had to find the deal, which luckily we we're fortunate enough that we have great partnerships with these group of guys that we've been working with and talking to for quite some time now. Excellent group of guys that have been doing it in different ventures and different avenues through their own companies. And we just all came together and just said, hey, maybe this is something we can do. It's actually one of them that actually found it. There's a, a group of them that lives out in Indianapolis, and then the rest of us are on the East Coast. And the ones in Indianapolis came and said, hey, guys, we got this great opportunity. You guys want to partner on it? We're like, hell yes, let's do it. So Alex and I came in as capital raisers for this particular project where we're basically collecting and getting together the money for the down payment to purchase the property. And it's a multi-million dollar, 36 unit, three building complex out in Indianapolis. And it was challenging. <laughs> the deal in itself was great. 
which is why we were super excited about it. But getting all the pieces together was challenging. And I think the first part was just the investor aspect of things. I think what was the first guy's issue, Alex? Remember where he just all of a sudden, one of the main investors just all of a sudden dropped out for, or he didn't even drop out. He just pulled back part of his initial commitment of funds. I think yeah. Yeah, so I guess as we continue to tell the story, you'll see that this is, it's like juggling, right? It's, there's just multiple things happening at the same time. And when one of the balls drops, but you can't drop the rest of them, you got to keep juggling and try to figure it out while you bend over and pick up the other. So this is the recurring theme throughout this story. So first, they had this big whale investor. He came on a little bit after they invited us into the deal. And so they kicked us out of the deal. They said, oh, sorry, guys, we got this big investor, so we actually don't need you to come in and raise capital anymore. So then we said, oh, okay, no hard feelings, good luck, maybe next time. And then it was maybe like a month later, they were like, okay, never mind, he's not going to bring in all the money, now we need you to raise some of the money. Yeah, he was still going to bring in half of the money at this point. And he didn't really give any real rationale for why he pulled back the, his half. He just said he needed it for, he overcommitted himself. So because of that, he actually had to reduce the amount that he was committing and putting down. So again, no real explanation, just, ah, I promised too much. So then we get to work and we start talking to people in our network, people who might listen to the show, people who just we've known over the years. And we come up with the money that's needed and then he backs out altogether and the team is left scrambling. Okay. Now we need even more money. And so it was just another kind of another, now now we're playing juggling while someone's playing defense on you and they're like purposely trying to mess you up. It seems. And, and the emphasis on purposely, because I honestly think it was a ploy because here's the reason why I think it's a ploy. He pulled out completely and then comes back and says, you know what? I will loan you the money, not as an investment, but as a loan with some crazy like mobster style (laughs) terms, like very short payback period, super high interest rate. And he waited until it was right down to the wire when the, what do you call it? Our period with the bank was about to expire and we had to execute or we would lose the deal. So he timed it just right so that our back was like against the wall at this stage. So I really think it was a shady kind of setup on his part in that regard. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And our team had like money that was in the deal. They were not only going to not get the deal, but lose, I think it was something like $100,000 that some of these people put in, in deposits and stuff. And so, and for clarification, that's not investor money. That's money from the team, like our the management team, like the, our partners and ourselves. We came in later, so we didn't have to actually put in any anything at that stage. We actually did add money later on, but not at that stage. But the rest of the guys had actually put their own money into the deal as well as managing partners. Exactly, and so it was just a lot to lose. And thankfully, they were able to negotiate a seller financing loan from the seller to help get us to closing. So that was a a relief. And so now we're riding this roller coaster of ups and downs. And we're like, okay, we got 
to another kind of high point thinking, okay, we got the money to close. We got the seller loan. And then the actual mechanics of that seller loan, normally a seller loan happens in a way where essentially it's not real money that's transferred from the seller to the buyer. It's just, you can just pay me this money over time, little by little. But in this case, there was some lender requirement where it actually needed to be money transferred from the seller to the buyer, but the seller didn't have the money liquid to actually do it. So we had to get another temporary loan from someone else to give the seller the loan, close the deal, and then the seller would pay them the loan back to us, and then we'd pay it back to him little by little over the next few years. It's unnecessarily complicated. Yeah. But it's just that's the way it worked with the lender requirements and the lawyers and everything. And it was stressful. Let's not and also forget that the fact that the bank also now increased the amount that we had to put down for the down payment, which added another couple of hundred thousand dollars that we had not budgeted or planned for. So now Alex and I had to go hit the streets again and somehow come up with an additional couple of hundred thousand dollars. Like that's apparently nothing <laughs> within how long i think we only had what two weeks to do it it was another two weeks yeah yeah and it was down to the wire if that money was not raised by that time it was over everything was done and yet somehow we did it and we were able to raise it i don't even know how <laughs> the, the funniest um, part for me is obviously as those last few days were approaching the actual logistical things of going to the bank, sending a wire transfer, those things take a little bit of time and there's a little bit of know-how on how to actually do a wire transfer correctly and stuff like that. Yeah, and it's the most archaic thing in the world. I don't understand why it functions the way it does. I feel like we're back in 1970. It's very strange. And that ended up actually almost killing the deal again, right? At the very last minute, one of the people sent money and I don't even blame them at all. It was just like an illogical thing in the way that the wire transfer instructions are written. Yeah. And the money never made it to the account in time. And so the and, money didn't and, show up in time. And to, but and somehow. To, sorry, I was going to say to clarify, the reason why it didn't correctly transfer over is because on the wire instructions that the bank sends you, it has two banks listed. One is an intermediary bank and one is the final bank that the funds go to, which with two separate codes, which is confusing. Why do you need two codes? And so the person that was sending the money that was wiring, they used the codes for the intermediary bank instead of the final destination bank. And so the money got held up and then luckily it was able to be shifted right back to them so that they could initiate another wire transfer, this time with the correct code. Again, unnecessarily complicated. But she wasn't able to do it in time for the closing date. So we yeah, thought the deal so, was done. It and was it was picked. like, it was down to the minute. And we, and the other guy who's one of the, the lead sponsors on this, we were we had this running tally. It's, we need this much to get to closing. I think it was like $930,000. And every time it's okay, we got this wire, we got this wire, we got the, the loan from the other guy. And okay, we're up to eight something. And we were short and we we're like, all right, we're short. I don't know where the rest of the money is going to come from. And then the guy who was in a hospital bed for the whole entire last week 
Yeah, he was super sick. He was just like, I don't, he gets MVP award. He was the lead sponsor for the DL. So he's basically like the quarterback managing everything from one end while the rest of us are like getting all the different bits and pieces. And this man is in his hospital bed sounding like awful, completely awful. And so he's doing all this from his phone as best as he can. And then at 2 p.m., he's, hold on a second, let me just see. And then he responds maybe 10 minutes later. He's like, all good, we closed. And we're I like, didn't how? understand how it added up. We're, we're short, like, I like don't know how much money. dollars at the time. Yeah. And I was like, okay, good, congratulations. I don't know how this happened. Um, and then it turns out he took another personal loan on top of that just to be able to cover that difference while that other money came through. And just, just and, hardcore. And, and so, and this I think is for where... me, one of the things that I really want to say is that this group has really been good because they have really structured the deal in a way where the investors' interests are put first. They're in alignment with the team. It's not usually this much of, of an alignment where they're like, hey, if we lose money, you lose money. If you lose money, we lose money too, right? And so they put their own personal names on the line. They put, they took personal loans on this where uh, their own personal homes and assets are at risk yeah. if this deal doesn't go well. So it's like all these things, the stakes are very high for the management team. And so it's very much in alignment with protecting the interest of the investors. Yeah. In this case, too, the investors had zero risk. If the deal collapsed, everybody would have just gotten their money back. The only people who would have been screwed is the management team. But the actual investors were all pretty safe. There was nothing that was negative that could have happened to their money. But the risk on the rest of us? <laughs> and yeah, I have no. to give it up to the guy that Alex was mentioning, the lead sponsor on the deal. He took, a per everybody took personal loans, but for that last clutch loan, he took it out against, I think, a, a family friend or a family member out of without even like telling any of us just to save the deal. Like he gets MVP. Yeah, so it's been good. It's, it's a good ride. And then I'll say like in the month that we've owned it now, it's also just been cool to see the general strategy, the way that the team is collaborating, how organized they are and how. We just dish out little tasks here and there. You handle that. I'll handle this. We'll touch base on that later. And it's a good, it's a good vibe on the team. So it's yeah. exactly how you want to see a, a, a project like this be run. And the most exciting part is that after we closed, an appraisal was done and we already made money. The building appraised at a couple of hundred thousand dollars over what we paid for. So we're already in the green. It's a worst case scenario. We can just sell it now and we still make a profit. So yeah. it's, this has been an excellent deal. A multi-million dollar, three building complex. It's just a sweetheart deal if there ever was one. So we're really excited with this one. And we're hoping to continue the trend. We've already got a couple of deals that we're looking at right now that are similar scope. And then also we're actually doing a new avenue of business right now where we're jumping into short-term flips because a lot of you guys have been telling us, Hey, we're interested in the real estate, these big deals. The timelines are like five years. I don't want to have my money tied up for that long. Do you guys have anything quicker and faster? So we started looking into six to eight month flips 
that we're trying to come up and roll out with next soon. So keep an eye out for some of those opportunities. We'll let you guys know. Uh, you'll see them in our newsletters. And uh, yeah, this should be good. This should be a really exciting year coming up. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's why we've been on pause, but we're back. And so we're really yeah. excited uh, to start producing content again and just connecting and putting our stuff out there and hearing more about what's interesting and what's going on with the people who listen to our show. So thanks again. And that's a wrap for today.